Oh, I think I'm the one. You would be a top. I know. What would that even mean? That means that you would put it in someone's ass. Oh, yeah. I think I would top for sure. Mm-hmm. I think I, I think I have been a top. scream about the debates for the next two hours two hours is a little excessive but i'm super fucking excited well welcome everybody we have a lot of shit to get to (laughs) but before we do that we do have to do a quick recap recap of everything that's happened so we put out an episode on tuesday of last week i think i posted it or wednesday yes but it was from the week prior. Yeah, we just got a little lazy and it took... It took a long time to edit because mm. we don't have like a team of like media specialists. And I don't assist in anything other than sitting behind this microphone. True. So it took a minute to put out. But... Here we are. Bobby doesn't take a minute to put out, so... Hey! <laughs> that is alleged. So what happened... In the last week, other than the debates, what do the, what do the people need to know? Well, the big thing, the big news, is the big subpoena. Of Robert Mueller. Of Mr. Robert Mueller. Robert Mueller has been subpoenaed to testify on July... 17th. 17th. Why has he been subpoenaed? Because the Democrats aren't happy with the Mueller report. They want to know more. And I think Barr shot himself in the foot by misleading with his letter. Yeah. So let's do like a quick recap. So for somebody that just like turned this on today and they're like, who's Robert Mueller? Who is William Barr? Okay. What is the Mueller report? Let's like give a little bit of background about that. So the Mueller report was the investigation into the Russian collusion with our election from 2016. And then alleged wrongdoing by Trump and like obstruction of justice is a whole bunch of shit. Right. So they ended the investigation and Mueller handed his report to the Department of Justice, to the Attorney General. William Barr. And then William Barr released this letter saying they couldn't prove that the president did anything bad. No collusion. Right. Bye. It's over. It's over. Leave it alone. And Mueller wasn't happy about that because that wasn't necessarily true. Right. That was a misrepresentation of the investigation. So. But it took him a long time to come out and say that. It did. Like, he kind of just disappeared. And then everybody, I think, interpreted the report in the way that they wanted to. Yep. Specifically, like, Democrats wanted it to signify that there was collusion or that, that he was Donald Trump got peed on by Russian hookers like yes. that's what they wanted yes exactly but then of course the other side wanted it to be like well they can't prove it so nothing happened bye goodbye which it was neither of those things right it was a bisexual report it was <laughs> it went both ways it went both ways so Kristen Sima. 
Hey. <laughs> we should make her our mascot. Kristen Cinema? Yes. Yeah. She, well, I mean, she is. <laughs> yeah, she really is. She pretty much is at this point. Anyway. Oh, 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 okay. So, misrepresentation of the Mueller report, yada, 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 yada. I think Mueller wanted to wait until Barr testified in front of Congress, and then that was all a bunch of lies, and I guess, allegedly. So, Mueller does his own press conference, and in it, he says, this is what happened. We couldn't determine if he committed a crime or if he didn't, but we're not saying he didn't commit a crime. We would have been able to come to that determination right that those were like his exact words yes like if he didn't do anything that's what we would have said but we don't have the ability necessarily to say he committed a crime either right so a lot of people with a bunch of questions yeah but Mueller did not want to be subpoenaed and he Made Does anybody want to be subpoenaed? I would. If they sent me letters to go testify in front of Congress, I would be like tits out. Like, Yes, I firmly believe that you would. So they waited like a month. And then they sent him the subpoena. So now he has to testify. So now he has to testify. So what does he have to say? Like exactly what the Mueller report said? Like he's got to go up there and like tell everybody what it was about? No, he's probably just going to literally reiterate what he said in that press conference. Like, I don't think we're going to get, like, the big, (gasps) Yeah. oh, my God, (laughs) he did it. No, that's not going to happen, you don't think? No. So what is the purpose of subpoenaing him if he already gave a press conference and said? I don't know, because they want to keep his name in the news. And we mentioned this before. If the Democrats can keep this circulating, like all of this nonsense, then people are going to have it in their minds when they start voting. Kind of like the emails. Right. From the 2016 election. Beep boop. What day is the 17th? I don't know. It's in July. It's a Wednesday. Ooh. So that'll be nice. It'll interrupt all my soap operas and all my daytime talk shows. Oh, you poor dear. (laughs) That's really what I'm worried about. You can't watch Young and the Restless. Yeah, that's a problem. Second news recap. So I'm sure you've heard the just like mass hysteria about the detention facilities at the border. Oh, yes. It's absolute chaos terrible apparently allegedly the kids are not being taken care of by anybody they don't have they don't have substantial food i think they're just giving them like ramen and like frozen burritos yep they don't have food they aren't getting baths they don't have clean clothes the aluminum blankets yes they're they don't have beds they're sleeping on concrete yep absolute chaos it's very sad. Yeah, it bums me out. Like, it really bums me out to, like, think about that, like, there's kids that, like, that's happening to. Here, where we're supposed to be the greatest, freest country in the world, and this is what we're doing to people who are coming here seeking asylum. Well, that's, and that's the issue, is that, like, 
people get so riled up about illegal immigration and yeah, people shouldn't come here illegally, but seeking asylum is not illegal. Leaving your country and showing up at the border saying, help, help me. I can't live where I used to live. I need to seek asylum. Like that is not illegal. So I, I guess I'm not understanding the purpose of the detention facility. They just keep them there until they can figure out what to do with them. Mm -hmm. But it seems like they're being kept there because they've committed a crime. And And they're kept there. Indefinitely. Yeah. It's, it's tragic. Yeah. And I don't, I don't want to say that it's the president's fault and I don't want to say that it's the administration's fault. Well, it's not because apparently this has been going on for a long time. Right. Obama was not nice to immigrants either. People have to remember that. Yeah. I mean, he did deport a lot of people. Yes. But that's not necessarily the problem. The problem is today, right now, the kids Mm -hmm. and the facilities. And it's really sad. Um, I posted on our Instagram an organization that, like, donates money to get all of these people like public uh, public defenders um they've raised like over two million dollars already oh wow start getting these kids representation um because they've been separated from their parents which Mm -hmm. is like a whole other issue in and of itself yes that they don't have their parents or like a trusted adult there with them so it's just that's just asking for all sorts of chaos. It's adding to the inhumane conditions that these kids are being forced to suffer in. Yeah. And did you see that shit with that lawyer who's trying to argue that they don't need soap. they don't need soap and shit to live in like livable conditions or whatever the legal requirements are? Exactly. I think that somebody should take her and put her in a facility and not give her any and fucking not her soap. Give her any soap or clean clothes or blankets. Or toothpaste or a toothbrush. Yes. Or medical care. And see how, how she feels about it then. Just, I think that's what needs to happen. Yeah. Like, let's see how you fucking like being treated like an animal. Exactly. They have those kids locked up like they're in the goddamn pound. It's upsetting. It's upsetting like on a, on a soul level. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just sucks. And I don't know what to do. I don't know what all we can do here because we're not close to the border, but I know that, um, like, the American Library Association came out with a statement, which mm-hmm. sounds odd because it's like, what like what does that have to do with anything? But um, they're encouraging a lot of the public libraries down there to help out and provide services because one of the things that um, – I think about is like the long-term damage that's being done with those kids being locked up that way. Um, you know, they're all, most of them are small children. There are teenagers there, but for the most part, I mean, it's, it, they're all ages, but there's a lot of irreparable damage as far as like emotional, mental, cognitive. Um, these are all like developmental years. So if you've got a six-year-old in there, that's, in survival mode for God knows how long. I mean, we don't know how long they've been there or how long they're going to be there. There's going to be a lot of irreparable damage. They're not going to be able to go back to wherever or start school somewhere and then be fine. Like, there's going to be issues there. Mm -hmm. And they're not receiving any sort of education. They're not going outside. 
they're not being read to you. So there's going to be loss of language. There's going to be loss of any sort of abilities they had before. So I think that's kind of where the ALA has stepped in, just realizing that these kids aren't getting an education, which in this country, everyone is afforded an education and it's free. And they're mm-hmm. not getting that there because they're not even taking them outside. They're not playing. They're not reading. They're not doing anything. They're just sitting there. You're ranting. I'm not ranting. <laughs> that's literally what's happening. Yes. And it's upsetting. So my suggestion would be find an organization that you can donate to. Okay. So these kids can get representation. They can get clothes. They can get, you know, the basic necessities that I guess this administration doesn't feel that they need to have. Like soap. Like soap. Yep. Thank you, next. So, the master debaters. I'm really upset that I didn't get to... I watched night one, but I watched it the next day. Uh I'm very sad that I didn't get to watch it, like, at home. So we could just, like, pace back and forth and scream at the television. I stuffed my face while I watched night one. Out of, like, emotion? No, because I was excited. Okay. I love the debates. Okay. Uh, what do you love about it? The theater of it. The theatrics? The theatrics. Because it kind of feels like the Hunger Games? <laughs> well, it's fucking ridiculous. Beto, his first answer was in fucking Spanish. And that was like like two minutes and 40 seconds into the debate. Like He didn't even give us time. Time to, like, prepare. He just, like, came out swinging. It was like, oh, yo, lava platos. Yes, that's pretty much what he said. Um, so before we, we, like, get into it, so who who all was there night one? And where was it? Because somebody asked me where it was, and I didn't have any idea. It was in Miami. Why Miami? Because the Democrats keep fucking losing in Florida. Okay. So we had 10 candidates. Um... Let's go down the line. Cory Booker, Amy Klobuchar, Beto O'Rourke. Bill de Blasio. Bill de Blasio. John Hickenlooper. Was he on the first night or the second night? He was on the second night. He was on the second night because he had on the toupee, okay. allegedly. You're trash. Let me find That's that fucking out. rude. There's a lot of candidates. <laughs> I'm sorry. Jay Inslee. Oh, he's so hot. He is very hot. He's a daddy. Yeah, he is. Julian Castro, Cory Booker, Elizabeth Warren, Beto, Amy Klobuchar, Tulsi Gabbard. That check. Who's the, I don't know who this guy is. What's his name? <laughs> I don't know. Michael Bennett? No, Michael Bennett was Michael on. Michael Bennett was on the second night. Yeah. Tim Ryan, John Delaney. There we go. Bill de Blasio, Jay Inslee. So that was trash. <laughs> yeah, we're trash. Well, they were all really boring on the first night. Like nothing except for Elizabeth Warren, who I think the biggest thing that came out of that was the fact that she was on the first night before Bernie Sanders. So she was the first one that got to go up there and say, I want to get rid of private health insurance. Right. And it took all the water out of Bernie's argument the next night because it had already been said. So it wasn't that. So it was just a repeat. It was just a repeat, even though he was the first one to come out with that. To come out with that. So there's that. Yeah, it definitely wasn't as intense as the second night. No, the Nobody second night. Nobody was yelling. But yeah. everybody was speaking Spanish for some reason. 
It's because fucking Beto, he does not fit in in the debate. I don't, I want him to just do what he does in Texas. Like, I like him, and I think he knows a lot about what's going on, like, in the border towns, and Mm -hmm. he's got, like, his shit going on here, but, like, I don't, I don't think he's ready to run the country. I know he's not necessarily ready to run the country. No. He did really, really poorly in that debate. You think? It just, he did, it was awkward, and they all kept coming for him. Yeah. So, who do you think did well? Um, On the first night, I would say Elizabeth Warren... Julian Castro, for sure, he made some... Yeah, he made waves. He made waves. He, like, put his name and shit out there. I was surprised, because we watched his town hall months ago. I liked his town hall. We did like his town hall, but, like, we didn't think that it was going to get this far, necessarily. No, I didn't think he would make the debates, but here he is. And you know what? I would like to see more of him. I think he... I don't know how much I would agree with him from a policy standpoint Mm -hmm. yet, but I think he has the charisma and I think he has the presidential, that personality. He seems very, um, just like a very classy guy. Yes. And I think that's what a lot of people liked about Obama Mm -hmm. is that he just seemed very respectable and classy. Yes. And Julian Castro gives me, like, Obama vibes. And he's very well-spoken. Yes. Yes. And it's hot. Yeah. And he's hot. He is. Cory Booker did well, I thought. Yes, Cory Booker did well. He also started speaking Spanish. I know, and that was ridiculous. Not that there's anything wrong with speaking Spanish, but that didn't come off, like... Well, it just seems like now that there... It was, like, a pissing contest, but, like, in Spanish. It was very disingenuous. It seemed... It was odd. I'm not entirely sure what Beto's point was by doing that but yeah it looked like he was like you know what the first thing i'm gonna fucking do i'm gonna start speaking spanish i'm gonna speak in spanish it was inauthentic fail yes it was nonsense who did not do well do you think amy klobuchar did fine she was okay i like amy klobuchar i like her too because she represents the public option for healthcare. yes which is what i like yeah, she doesn't want to get rid of private insurance, mm-hmm. and I like that as well. But I don't think she made enough of a splash, and she had some weird, like, finger gun kind of lines, <laughs> <laughs> like trying to be folksy and shit. Like, you don't put the cart before the horse or the horse's ass in your face. Like, you know, <laughs> shit. You can't ride a horse with two asses. Yeah, like, like trying that. to say dumb shit like that. Oh, what did she say? That's what we call all foam and no beer. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay. We get it. You're from Minnesota. You're from Minnesota. (laughs) Oh, my God. So there's that. Tulsi Gabbard. Let's fucking talk about her for a goddamn second. I don't know why she's up there. I don't know who would ever be like, you know who I want to be president? This random ass congresswoman from Hawaii. Um, I can tell you who. Joe Rogan. (laughs) Of course. He encouraged her to run. Really? Yes. He's a... That's cool. Um, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) I couldn't. I I can't. I don't know why, but... She was, like, having dinner with Assad in Syria, and he, like... So you mentioned that that was a problem for you. Yes. So who 
He's the she, president of Syria. And she had dinner with him. And she was like having dinner with him and she's like encouraging peace talks. I don't know. He gasses his own people allegedly. That's not cool to me. And a lot of people had a lot of problems with that. But what if she was going over there to like make things better? Would that not be the case? Not with him. He's a bad guy. So what did she, like, what was her, how did she explain that? Or did she not explain it? No, she explained it as the United States shouldn't be involved in another country's issues. We should be encouraging peace. And the best option for peace in Syria and for rebuilding the country is, you know, for the rebels to, and for us to just leave it alone and for them to, I don't know. End the civil war and rebuild with, I guess, Assad in power. That's an interesting perspective. It is an interesting perspective. One that I don't necessarily, I can't say I would agree with. No. But I'm not an expert in this issue. I'm just as ignorant as Gary Johnson. Is that his name? <laughs> I don't know. Who's Gary Johnson? The, remember the libertarian that ran for fucking president in 2016 that didn't know where Aleppo was? He was like, what is Aleppo? Oh, yeah. I forgot about him. He's from New Mexico. Yeah. Isn't that kind of one of our responsibilities as like a world power? What? To like help other countries. That's a complete different debate, sweetheart. That is like one of the debates. Right. Like that's a... That's like a whole other thing. That's like a college class. Yeah. And that's not something they really talked a whole lot about. And I was surprised. She did get into a fight though. With, I think, Tim Ryan about our presence in Afghanistan. And he didn't articulate very well. He articulated what he really wanted to say to her later, which was... Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> you had dinner with a man that gasses... Yeah. I think it was Tim Ryan. I wasn't impressed with his presence. I wanted to be. Because I like him. Tim Ryan? Yeah. Because he's from Youngstown? Yes. Yeah. And he, t- he, anytime he opens his mouth, he mentions Youngstown. But he's boring. Like, when he talks, he's like, Bleh. Well, he has, like, an emotional investment in, like, the industrial situations that are mm-hmm. going on up there because they're closing all of those types of factories, and his father worked for the steel mills. Yeah, but he needs a little bit more fucking charisma, man. Well, yes. And I think that... That that particular demographic would help him if he could, like, somehow speak to them about, like, okay, here's how we're going to recreate jobs that have been lost over the last 40 years. Yeah. Because they're not bringing back steel mills and all of that stuff. So that could be his demographic if he, if he spoke right, if he, if he did it properly. Yeah, if he knew, if he just wasn't so monotonous. I don't, th- I don't know. I don't think he's as boring as you think he is. He is exactly as boring as I fucking say he is. <laughs> I'm right. I'm just kidding. That's just not the vibe I was getting from him. He just, he didn't make a whole lot of presence. Like, he didn't do anything crazy. Like, start speaking Spanish. <laughs> he, he would have looked absolutely ridiculous if he would have done that. Well, yeah. It, it makes sense for better to start speaking Spanish because he's 
from a border town. No, that doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> there is zero, zero, zero reason, for him, to reason for him to have started speaking in fucking Spanish. So I have like a little like infographic that I got from the Washington Post. Ooh. And Cory Booker spoke the most on night one. Who spoke the most on night two? Joe Biden. That's crazy. Which I almost like don't believe because I don't remember him having anything super substantial to say either. But my like, time is up. I'm sorry. Yeah, we'll get we'll get to to night two in a bit. We have to talk about Julian and getting rid of section thirteen twenty five twenty five. So I think that was probably the most notable moment of night one was him calling for every senator to repeal Section 1325. And turn it from a criminal offense to a civil offense. Yes. And I don't know what happens to you in a civil offense, but it doesn't sound like much. And I don't know if that's how Democrats are going to win. Okay, so here's Section 1325. Unlawful entry... Failure to depart, fleeing immigration checkpoints, marriage fraud, commercial enterprise fraud. Section 1325 sets forth criminal offenses relating to improper entry into the United States by an alien, entry into marriage for the purpose of evading immigration laws, establishing a commercial enterprise for the purpose of evading immigration laws. The Illegal Immigration Reform and Immigrant Responsibility Act Amendment 8, Section 1325, to provide that an alien apprehended while entering or attempting to enter the United States at a time or place other than as designated by immigration officers shall be subject to a civil penalty. Hmm. So that's what he wants to get rid of, is that it's no longer a penalty. And that's what he called for each and every single person. And then he, like, came for Beto. Oh, yeah. I said he didn't know anything about immigration law. Yeah, he came for him, and he asked him specifically, like, you need to get rid of Section 1325. And then was on the news later, like, it's just so sad to me that someone who represented a border town in Congress can't fully, ha- doesn't have a full grasp on the immigration situation. That's literally what, what he said. Yeah. And I was like, damn. But anyway. Well, I think, and I think that's a debate in and of itself. Yeah. Does illegal immigration need to be illegal? Of course it does. We can't just have people coming back and forth through here. Like it's, you're either in or you're out. It's like. Yes. I don't know. I'm trying to figure out a way to say it without like. Sounding like a racist. (laughs) Not sounding like a racist without um, claiming one side or the other. other. Yeah, I don't know. I would like a solution. I would like for the kids not to be separated from their parents, and I would like for them not to be held in detention facilities at the border without soap and water. But I think when you get rid of that, when you get rid of it being an offense and it being against the law, you run the risk of like security. Yeah. That's when like national security becomes an issue. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Nobody wants open borders. No. And if you do, you're an asshat. (laughs) I may or may not cut that out. (laughs) 
I, this is, that's not anything to me. The world is too dangerous to not have some sort, sort of, of border security. Yes. I agree with that. That is a bullshit. <laughs> Argument? Ar- yeah, it doesn't hold any water. Like, well, they're, they shouldn't be fucking locked in a room with no soap and water. That's inhumane and terrible. No, but that's, that's a whole... That's a different... That's a separate thing. Yeah. Like, I think that comes from there being so many people coming here that there's, like, nothing else for them to do. And there's just the money situation. It's just chaos. It is chaos. It's not right. But we've... Already gone down this road. We can't yes, go like we, Yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna go back. But I guess essentially, no, we cannot have open borders. borders. No. There just needs to be some sort of like solution. Yes. But there isn't one, I don't believe. Okay, so let's just recap debate night one real fast. Who did well? Julian Castro. Elizabeth Warren. Cory Booker. Those are my three. Top three? My top three. Who did not do well? Oh, we need to talk about Bill de Blasio real quick. Fuck him. <laughs> so he did not do well? I mean, not re- He was annoying. I don't think he had good presentation. He just kept interrupting everybody and yelling and uh, Right. And then there were some people there that, like, di- are, have absolutely no business running for president because nobody knows who they are. And there's already candidates just like them. So there's like, it's like John Delaney. Like, why are you running for president, John Delaney? I don't know who he is, but I did like, he talked about not getting rid of private health insurance. So I like that. But I don't know who he is. And I don't know. He just doesn't seem super incredibly important to me. Yeah. So that was night one. That was night one. Night two. Everybody was, like, on a level 13. That seemed like more of a debate to me than yeah. night one. Because I thought a debate was supposed to be, like, high intense energy. Like, I may or may not fight you at the podium. I'm going to throw something at the moderators. Yeah. Can we talk about how adorable Savannah Guthrie is? Oh, she's so cute. And Rachel Maddow. I'm Rachel Maddow was not here for their bullshit. I'm obsessed with her. Like she was, I am her. Yeah. Like if she, I were somebody better than me, I would want to be Rachel Maddow. <laughs> I love her. She She's was, a bad bitch. She was not here for any of it. She was not here for their games. She was not here to fuck around and she's just like all like cheekbones and severe angles. Yep. I'm here for her. Here for Rachel Maddow. Yeah, she ran the show. She did. She was really good. She just seems so smart. Mm-hmm. And just like, I think that's cool that like, obviously you have like women political analysts, but not only is she a woman, she's a lesbian. So she's got to like shout like twice as loud. Yes. But she's very respected. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm here for that. Because she's super smart. She is. And she's gorgeous. She's, like, flawless. Like, she doesn't have a single blemish on her face. No, she's a beautiful woman. She is. But that is not... That's not what the debate was was about. about, No, the debate was about America. It was. (laughs) So, first of all, we need to talk about the... We need to say who was there. We need to tell everybody who was there. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, 
Night two, Joe Biden, who is our front runner and has been for the last like two months. Yes. Kamala Harris. Yes. Bernie Sanders. Pete Buttigieg. Michael Bennett. Kirsten Gillibrand. John Hickenlooper. Marianne Williamson. Daddy Swalwell. And Andrew Yang. That was all night two. That was all night two. So poor Joe Biden. That was the biggest takeaway from this, was that he... Failed? Failed. You think he failed? Yeah. He did not do well at all. He could not articulate anything. He just seemed... I don't really recall anything... That he said. ...profound that he said. We all can recall what Kamala Harris said that was profound, which we'll get to in a second, but... But yeah, he was a failure. One thing that took me by surprise or that I thought was fairly notable was that he didn't um, press the time for the, like, with the moderators. Like, whenever they say, okay, that's time, whoever's talking still keeps talking for, like, at least 30 more seconds. Yeah, he, like, did the opposite of that and was like... Oh, my time's up. I have to My stop time's talking. up. I have to stop talking. Sorry. It was very bizarre that he did that. He... He couldn't really defend himself with some of the things that people were coming with him, coming for him with. And he just seemed very out of it. Like, he didn't want to be there. Like, he didn't have a purpose or any passion behind what he was saying. That's the impression I got. Yeah. Is that he has no desire to be doing this. No. Because he did not say or do anything to, like, get himself out there. No, he didn't defend himself well. mm I want to talk about what Kamala Harris said to him, which is like kind of pushed her up to the front of the, not the front of the polls, but definitely one of our most notable moments as far as she goes. So who would you say did well? Kamala Harris did, I think. I mean, she did phenomenally. Yeah. She she, she was the biggest winner out of Yeah, she came that, for everybody. Out of both nights, I think. Yeah. I don't, I didn't see a winner coming out of, Night one. No, not really. I wasn't super impressed with anybody night one. Because they were boring. Night two. Well, the real winner was actually Marion Williamson. She was the most searched person night two on Google. I saw that. Because nobody knows who she is. Yeah, and she's fucking crazy. I don't... I keep going back and just watching clips of her. Calling the president of New Zealand? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to call the president of New Zealand. For what? What did she... Because the president of New Zealand, after the gun violence... Like, immediately banned guns. Like, within 15 minutes. Well, that... And then she came out and said that she wanted New Zealand to be the best place for a child to grow up. Mm -hmm. So, I guess that made Marianne Williamson unhappy. And she wants... The United States to be the best place for a child to grow up. And I said, girlfriend, you were so on. That's what she said with her. She had like 1940s MGM film star. Act, yeah, like voice. Catherine Hepburn. It was very strange. At one point, Sarah was like, why does she sound like Judy Garland? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why she was talking like that because she's from Houston, Texas. Yeah. I, yeah. I will say she did better than I thought she was going to do. Because I don't know where or how 
she learned about, like about policy. She didn't say anything about policy. Remember, she doesn't want to have a plan. There's no plan. There's no plan. There's no plan. She said nothing about policy. No, she didn't say anything about policy. But like the difference between like if I were going to get up on the podium, mm-hmm. I would have no idea what to say. You would say exactly what she said. No, I don't think I would. I think I would do much worse. I don't think that. Because she didn't look intimidated at all. Because she's crazy. She looked like, she didn't look like she belonged there. She spoke like she belonged there, even though what she said was crazy. Well, because she's a motivational speaker. She's a public speaker. Like, you could be good at public speaking and stand up there. Yeah. And No, I'm, I'm not defending her. I think she's nuts. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I wasn't expecting her to go up there and, like. Talk like a. Speak well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that doesn't shock me that she did. I mean that's what her that's what her job is. Yeah. She's a public speaker. Yeah, that's that's true. I forgot about that part. I think that she has a whole different um, system of belief, and it doesn't pertain to anything. To that has to do with like running a country. Politics. Yes. Poor Andrew Yang. Allegedly, his microphone was off. That's what some people are. He only spoke for three minutes. And he wants to give everybody a thousand dollars a month. No. No. I don't want $1,000 a month. No, I'm good. That $1,000 would be spent like in the first two weeks, and I would just be like continuously going to Starbucks. Like that's all that would happen. Yeah, I would start buying myself like Prada. Yes. Like 100%. Like nobody needs free money. No. $1,000 a month is like what I work for right now. Yeah. And it's gone very soon. And it's like money that I earned. <laughs> So yeah, like, so imagine the money that you didn't earn. Yeah, it would be gone just as fast. Maybe working, we're not working people though, so we have to keep that context as well. That maybe working people could really use something like that. Or really $1, would. $1,000. I'm not saying I couldn't use $1,000. Like, I'm poor as shit. Like, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But personally, like, do not put money in my pockets. Yeah. <laughs> it will not be put to good use. Put it towards, like, a medical thing. Yes. Put it towards my 401k. Yeah. Because that is something that I can't touch. Yep. I can't take it to Starbucks. Yep. So. I can't go and buy. Don't show me the thousand. Just like. Put it somewhere where I can access it when I'm like 99 and can't see anymore. Give me something cheaper. Like, I don't know. A gas card. Yes. Something like that. Something that could be put to good use. Mm -hmm. But that could never happen because where would $1,000 a month come from for every single person? Taxes on the millionaires and billionaires. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you, Bernie Sanders. What were your thoughts on him? Uh, he That was his answer for everything. And that was the same thing with 2016. Yeah. They could ask him about World War II, and it would be millionaires and billionaires. Like, that's the only thing that he said. Were there millionaires and billionaires in the 40s? No. No? I don't fucking know. I don't know how money worked back then. I was like five in the 40s. His accent is hot, though. Like, I want to His Brooklyn a picture of him. He was like 19. Uh-huh. I bet you he was hot. They didn't have cameras back then. It's going to look like a medieval painting. <laughs> it's going to be an oil painting. Yep. No, I, I'm not into that. I was never into Bernie. I know you don't uh, love Bernie Sanders. He just gave a lot of non-answers. Like they asked him, how would you pay for it? When the American people stand up and realize... Okay, what is that? That's not a question of how you're going to have something paid for. Yeah. Elizabeth Warren had an answer. 
Potentially. She said something about two cents on every dollar a billionaire or someone makes after their first 50 million. That sounds fine. What's yeah. The, what's the math on that? I don't know. Say that again. So two cents mm-hmm. per every dollar after your first 50 million. I wouldn't even know how to begin doing that. I wouldn't either. Two cents. Maybe that's not even a real thing. It's just like schnodden food. Excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> like bullshit, just so... She could have an answer. She could have an answer. I'm glad that Kirsten Gillibrand made it to the debate. I am too, but she didn't like make a splash, and she was getting on everybody's fucking nerves. She's like interrupting everybody. Yeah, but that's what you're supposed to do with the debate. Yeah, I know. But she came off as like skimpy blonde lady. I was listening to Morning Joe. Uh-huh. And Joe Scarborough said that this was, like, the worst Democratic debate he's ever seen. (laughs) Yeah. I don't... I've never... Okay, so in my short political memory... Yeah. The first presidential primary that I remember watching are 2008. And at that point, it was only Obama and Hillary. Right. 2012, there were no debates because it was Obama. Mm -hmm. And then 2015... 16, the first debate had five of them, but none of them were real people except for Hillary and Bernie. Right. And then... I don't remember if I... I don't think I watched that. I believe I watched debates between Hillary and... Bernie. And Donald Trump. You don't remember? Okay. No, because I don't think that you were here. I wasn't. I was not here. Yeah, if you weren't here, then I wouldn't have watched it. Yeah, no, I watched... But we watched everything the summer of 2016 yeah. that was going on. So who do you think did well coming out of night two? Kamala Harris, for sure. So we need to talk about what she said to Joe Biden. And you were explaining this to Sarah and I before... Um, before the debate. Before the debate. Because I, I knew that they were going to bring it up. You literally said this exact situation. So Joe Biden took a hard stance against busing back in the 70s. Like getting on a bus. So what a way that they were forcing schools to public schools to integrate during the 70s was they would bus kids to schools that were really far away in order to put them to get the whites out of all the all white schools and the blacks out of all, all all black schools. I didn't realize that I still had segregated schools in the 70s. Well, it's at that point it just that's how it was because that's in a lot of places Blacks lived on one side of town. Whites lived on the other side of town. So the schools were still separated because they were physically separated in the town. Mm -hmm. So that's what they did. So he and he did not right. He didn't think that the government should force the schools to do that. And so she called him out on it. So she called him out on it. She was one of those kids that needed to be bused to a school that was far away. Yeah. And he stood against it. Mm Mm-hmm. And I knew she was going to call him out for that. Yeah. And she did. And it made for a really... Awkward rest of the debate. Awkward rest of the debate. But then it she showed a good contrast between the past and the future. And I've said this before. Joe Biden in the 70s is not Joe Biden in 2019. That was so long ago. Yeah, no one in the 70s is who they were is who they are now. No, that was so long. That ago. was so long ago. So people have to remember that as well. Attitudes changed, times changed. What was the norm has changed. Yes. 
and he went, I don't know. She said, I don't think that you're a racist, but. He doesn't, he didn't do a good job of defending himself. No, he didn't. But I don't think so. I don't think that he did it out of like race relations. No. It was simply like, if the schools don't want to integrate, then they don't need to integrate. It's not that he didn't want them to integrate. He didn't think that that was the way to do it. Right. I'm okay, I'm okay with that. Like, that doesn't bother me. That particular situation. It was so long ago, and it's so... We don't have any context for it because we weren't there. Right, right, right. So I can't say. I just don't think it was, like, a race thing. I don't think it's fair to go after him for it in 2019. Well, yeah, that would have been 40 years ago. But it makes for good... Well, yeah, because if, I mean, she talked the second most amount of time, which I, I still don't, it says that he talked for 13.6 minutes and she talked for 11.9 minutes. How long? I don't, I don't remember him talking that much. I don't either. So I don't know. Pete Buttigieg did well, I thought. Eric Swalwell came for him. Oh, about the. About the mayor. Yeah. So let's talk about that. So Eric Swalwell is the one that wants to do the gun buyback. Yeah. But like that seems, it it seems like every candidate like harps on like one issue. Yeah. And that's his issue. His issue is the guns. Was he in the military? No. Who was in the military? Seth Moulton. Okay. So Daddy Seth is no longer with us. (laughs) Daddy Seth. President Seth. President Seth didn't make the debate. So. He talked to the second least amount of time. He only talked for 4.3 minutes. Eric Swalwell? Yeah. Well, because he has absolutely no fucking business being there. As much as I love Daddy Swalwell, and if he's here, I will vote for him in the primary. And he also talks a lot about, like, the new generation of Democrats. Oh, pass the torch. Yeah. Which is, I don't think you can say that with, like, Bernie and Elizabeth Warren and Joe Biden up there, and they're, like, old AF. Well, I think. And Nancy Pelosi. She's old, too. Yeah, and they've been around for a long fucking time. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth Warren hasn't been around all that long. Nancy or Elizabeth Warren came on the scene in 2012, so she hasn't been around all that long. But she like physically has been around a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's okay. Yeah, no, that's because she looks flawless. Look at her skin. Ann Coulter said that on Twitter. She was like, "I want Elizabeth Warren's skincare routine." Oh, that's funny. I like Elizabeth Warren, aside from uh, being boring and not sexy. Well. But so, I like I don't agree with her policy wise, but I, I I'm here for her. I would I would still vote for her if she got the nomination. She's like super folksy. That's yeah yeah. I'm here for that. So Pete is the mayor of South Bend, Indiana. Yeah, I don't know how in the motherfuck the mayor of South Bend, Indiana has made it this far. I think it's just a di- it's a different time. It's yeah, social media. It's the fact that he's gay. And hot, and he has a hot husband. And it's a, he's the mayor of a blue collar. Yeah. Well, it's also like a college town. Yeah. So that's just like what's in, and he's young. Yeah. So he's he's gonna have like a fan base essentially. Selena Gomez. Yeah. So he's like the Selena Gomez of politics, <laughs> whatever the fuck that means. So he's the mayor of South Bend, Indiana. What happened? A the, a white officer shot a black man. I guess that there's like problems there's a race problem there's there's a race problem in south within the police force and in south bend and there's tensions and i guess the police there's a lot of issues with the police chief there to the point where they're investigating him and eric swallow said to fucking fire him yeah where's your balls pete like 
fire him. Fire the police chief. That's he literally said that. Uh, yeah. He didn't say the part about the balls, but he did say He was like, fire him. You need to fire him. You're the mayor, you need to fire him. And then Pete was like, Oh my god, stop. Leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> stop. Don't yell at me. <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> well, I think that he should fire him. He's the mayor. Fire him. Okay, swallow. Well, that's what you do. That's probably what they call it. I bet you Eric Swallow was like a douchebag, like in high school. Like, hey, Swalwell. Yeah. Where is he from? California? He represents California. I don't know if he's like, I think he's from Connecticut, though, like where he was born. Okay. He gives me like young Emilio Estevez vibes, like Breakfast Club era. Like he was a wrestler. Yeah. He, like tortured inside. Mm-hmm. He liked the kooky weird girl in school. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, Pete did know. Pete did really well. I liked what he said about uh, the Republican Party in regards to the detention facilities mm-hmm. and how, like, the Republican Party no longer reserves the right to use religious rhetoric in their... Yeah, because they're okay with kids. Use religious language in their rhetoric. Because yeah. Because they're garbage. Literal yes. garbage. I liked that a lot. And he talks about religion a lot. Because he, he, I guess he is religious. I mean, he is. He, I forget what he is. But he's, you, like a, like, he's a very religious person. Do you think America's ready for that? Do you think America is truly... Ready for a gay president? Yeah. Like, do you think it could happen? Like, an out gay man, like, him and the first gentleman, Chaston. Like... No. No. Maybe not... This cycle, not this cycle, but I would give it like twenty five years. I mean, it happens. Ha- the prime minister of Ireland is gay, is an out gay man. Yeah, but we're still really fighting this hard fight in the United States, and I think it's mostly against like the Republican Party that they think everybody has to be like straight and white, and there's like no room for that type of diversity. That's just crazy to me. Like, the Republican Party is still very LGBT, anti-LGBT. Yeah. So, they still have this idea that, like, men and women are supposed to be married in this, like, nuclear family, which is not a thing, is, like, how you're supposed to live. It's all based on, like, Judeo-Christian values. Mm -hmm. Which seems very, like... It's like, if you want to... 1950. They have this, like, idealized version of yeah. what America is supposed to look like, and it's supposed to look like an episode of Leave it to Beaver. Mm-hmm. And that's not what it is. No. And then if that works for people, that's fine, absolutely. But you shouldn't force and judge people because they don't want to live that way. It's none of your business. Right. Absolutely. But they, they don't understand that. They think that that's what America is, mm-hmm. despite the fact that there's, like, an insane amount of diversity in terms of what families look like, in terms of who could be representing, you know, different people in different areas. Like, it's just, I don't know. And I think I've said this before. I just don't know how one one single solitary person can represent all, however many billion people are in the United States. No, it's impossible. It just seems impossible. But there's so many fucking candidates. But to answer your question, I don't, I don't know that America is ready for an LGBTQ president, but I'm not ready for the backlash of what would occur if we had an LGBTQ president. Yeah, that would be really hard. It would be hard for 
gay men like myself. Well, I think that it would to see. Well, it hear. would be like what's happening now, where you've got like neo Nazis in the news and like these those protesters in Charlottesville that are like incredibly fucking racist. Yeah, that would happen with the LGBT community, and I don't want to see that happen because. Yeah, I'm not ready to see that in the news. I don't want to see people that I've respected potentially have yeah. like really nasty views on gay men and women. Exactly, I'm not ready for that, and I'm not ready no. for like young kids to like be a part of that to see things to like see that things like that yeah and can you imagine laura ingram queer youth already have a really hard time as it is and yeah it's, it's probably gotten better but i'm not re- i would love to see them represented but i'm not ready for the barrage of hate that would occur in regards to that but i did think he did very well I think he he's really holding his ground. Like he he really can go like toe to toe with some of these people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was surprised that and he's he was very well spoken. I assumed he would like run away. I don't know why. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> like you're, from his podium. You're stereotyping. I am not. I am a gay man. He's just he's so small. He is very small. And he's very young. Yes. But I would like I would like to see him do more. I wanted to shield him when Eric Swalwell was yelling at him. I know. Like, don't you dare. Ayo Swalwell. He was like basically calling him a pussy. No, he wasn't. That's exactly what he was doing. <laughs> that is, yeah. I don't think that's what he was doing. That's what he. That's exactly what he was doing. He was looking at him. He, Fire the mayor, pussy. That's what he was saying. That that could very well be true. And did you see the freaking? He was like, he gave him just like he could, would kill him with his eyes. Who Pete? Yes, he was pissed. He gave him like gay face. I didn't want to say that, but yeah, <laughs> it was literally like. Yeah. That's very funny. Gay eyes. So who did not do well this night, do you think? Joe Biden. So Joe Biden did not do well. Um, Andrew Yang didn't get to talk a lot, so sad panda for him. He was pissed. Uh, Marion Williamson was fucking batshit crazy, like we already said. John Hickenlooper. In his toupee. Is... (laughs) I don't recall anything super profound that he did or said. He's Who's, is he the one from Colorado? Yes, he's the one that I sent you the meme with the cream corn. That's so <laughs> gross. Um, yeah, I don't recall anything. That he, he was did. the centrist guy. He was the one that was like, "We can't be socialist. If we run on a socialist platform, we're gonna lose." Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. I agree with that too. But socialists don't come for us. I don't know if we have anyone that's socialist listening. You'd be really surprised. Yeah. Yeah. So, hey, if Bernie gets the nomination, I'm obviously fucking voting for him, so don't come for me, but I don't... Michael Bennett, I feel like he said something that was important. Did he talk about how he didn't have any lips? He had butthole mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Jay Inslee had said something... um, about butthole mouth? Really profound on night one that I took notes over and I forgot to say it. But it kind of goes back to what Bernie keeps talking about as far as like the 1%, like the millionaires and billionaires. I mean, that's true to a degree. All the money that's being made is going all the way to the top and people, working class people and middle class people aren't making any more money. Yeah. We're not. They're just not. We're not. I'm not. I'm not making any more fucking money. Yeah. So Well, he said, immigrants didn't steal your jobs, and they aren't the reason the American dream isn't working for you. It's the big corporations and the 1%. Well, and this is something that I've been thinking about over the last four years since this guy's been in office. The immigration system has gotten worse. Mm-hmm. 
there's a whole bunch more people that are fucking coming over here. And guess what? The unemployment rate is super, super fucking low. So what does that mean? Immigrants are coming and taking your goddamn jobs because there's more of them now than there were 10 years ago. And the unemployment rate is in the toilet. Unemployment rate is super low. The unemployment rate is at its lowest it's been in like 70 years. And there's a bunch of fucking immigrants coming. Yeah. So what does that mean? That those two issues clearly aren't as related as... People think they are. Donald Trump wanted to make it seem. He yeah. just knows that that's the easy way to get people who are financially insecure yeah. out to the polls. Because it's the easiest argument to make. The yeah. other is coming in and taking what's your yours. That is very true. And he played on that fear. And he plays on that fear. Something Cory Booker said about healthcare, that healthcare is connected to job performance and education, retirement, life expectancy, all mm -hmm. of this stuff. So like if people have just healthcare, like they have the ability to go to the doctor, they're financially able to go to the doctor, then they're going to perform better at their jobs. Kids are going to have a better chance in doing well in school Yeah, because they're healthy. They can go see a doctor. It's, if you don't have basic healthcare, that's like the center of like everything else. Like everything else revolves around that. So if that component is not there then everything else around it falls apart yes so jobs education life expectancy retirement like all of that goes down into the toilet yeah if you don't have health care i was thinking about that the other day when i was driving i was like so we really are out here like if you have money you can go to the doctor but if you don't have money you can't go to the doctor that's like the situation. Okay, yeah, I mean... At, We've, like, capitalized on, like, health. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, like, people out there that don't think that healthcare is, like, a human right. Yeah, there's a lot of people out there that don't think it's a human right. That's bananas. I know. If you really, really, really sit and think about it. Yeah. That is bananas. That, like, sorry, you don't make enough money, so you can't have insurance, so you can't go to the doctor. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's sad. That is really sad. You don't have health insurance. I don't have health insurance because I they don't give it to you. And they make sure that I don't work more than 20 hours so they don't have to give it to me. Like, that's specifically why. I don't even work 20 hours. I work 19 and a half hours. I, I can't work more than 19 and a half hours a week or else they have to offer me insurance. And they don't want to do that. I am about to lose my insurance in two weeks, or in a week. Oh my God, one week, and I have no health insurance. And then I have to go through my employer now, which I'm blessed that I have an employer that gives me health insurance. Right. But I like not having to pay for it and being on my parents. It's just bananas that, like, that's the system. Yeah. And it's, has that always been the system? I don't know. Jay Inslee was fighting with Beto over private health insurance on that one. Jay Inslee mm -hmm. is hot. He is. And he was like, he was the climate change guy. Yeah. He, he wore a green tie. He has swag. Yeah. Anything else you want to say about Night 2? Um, I was saddened by Kirsten Gillibrand. She was really annoying. Which is a terrible way to describe women. And I'm not describing her as annoying because she's a woman. Because there was a lot of them that I thought was annoying. I thought John Delaney was annoying on night one. And I thought Bill de Blasio was also annoying on night one. I don't really 
remember anything that Michael Bennett said because I couldn't <laughs> stop focusing on his mouth because it was weird. Yeah. And then Eric Swalwell shouldn't have been there because he is not anything. Even though he's really hot and I love him so much. Yeah, I, I enjoy his face. Yeah. My big winner was Kamala Harris for sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. She um, she shut that shit down. She <laughs> shut that shit Real down. Fast. The vibe of the debate took a turn after that. Yeah. Biden, who was supposed to go in as like our Lord and Savior, just like fucked it all up. Uh, he sure did. So what do you think is going to happen going forward? Because I looked at the polls yesterday and they're still the same. I don't know how often they change. Um, they'll start coming out with some of this in the, in the coming weeks. So I think you'll see... Kamala Harris increase. I think you'll see Bernie and Elizabeth Warren kind of stay where they're at. I see you'll see Joe Biden fall a couple points, Mm -hmm. but for the rest of them, I think they'll. I think Julian Castro will get a little bit of a bump. That's good. The requirements for the second debate at the end of next month or at the end of July are much more stringent than this one. I think you have to have like a hundred thousand donors. So will we still see twenty candidates? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe we'll see one candidate. What I'm just kidding. What did you say the cutoff was? How much? It's I think it's a hundred thousand donors. Okay. And they have to be polling at like one percent in like a certain amount of So that's something maybe we should look at to see like who is who qualifies and who doesn't. Yeah, like who's gonna start qualifying or not qualifying pretty soon. Yeah. Would you like to begin the rose ceremony? I would like to begin the rose ceremony. Who are you giving the rose to this week? I'm going to go ahead and give the rose to Mr. Julian Castro because he captured my heart on night one. He did. He um, With his swag. He set himself apart. Yeah. And I was pleased with like just his whole presence. I thought he did very well. And he was the last one to start speaking Spanish. And then he said at the end of it, like, I think I'm the only one qualified to do so because I'm the only one up here that's actually Hispanic. Hispanic. Thank yeah. you. He said something that I think is going to get a lot of buzz. Uh-huh. Especially with, um, I think, maybe our generation and younger. But he talked about, how did he say it? He was talking about access to health care and abortion. He said, I believe not only in reproductive freedom, but in reproductive justice. And what it means is just because a woman, or let's not also forget about someone in the trans community, a trans female, is poor, doesn't mean they shouldn't exercise that right to choose. So I absolutely would cover the right to have an abortion. In terms of, like, federal funding. Wow. So the fact that he not only talked about women, but then, like... The trans community. Trans men that technically still have reproductive Mm -hmm. organs and could still technically need to have an abortion. I think that was really, really progressive. And profound. Yeah. That's why I gave him the rose, because he's... Yeah. I was... He's it. I was really surprised that he said that. Because that's not something that people talk a whole lot about. Mm-hmm. It's the transgender community and how healthcare works for that community. So, yes, he gets the rose. I gave the American Library Association a rose because they came out with a full-on statement um, denouncing the migrant detention facilities for the kids and nice. denouncing the separation of kids from their parents. I won't read the whole thing, but I will definitely post it in the show notes so they can read. And I actually sat down with a girl in Irving on Thursday and her and I wrote it's called a resolution and we wrote a resolution denouncing the separation and all of that stuff from the Latino roundtable which is like something we're a part of for the Texas Library Association so I'll post that too um, what her and I came up with and what we wrote 
and a lot of different companies and stuff are coming out with statements about that. Like the CEO of Highlights Magazine, mm-hmm. basically anything having to do with kids has come out with a statement. So I'll post some of those because they're, um, they're really interesting. And I think if any, not if anyone's going to make a difference, but it's going to be, I don't know, big corporations and things like that, that people for some reason listen to more so than politicians. Yeah, I know. It's really weird. Little facet of America. But yeah. here we are. Yeah. So. Well, that's it for this episode of Politics. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Pick us. No. Choose us. Love us.